our third episode of the podcast. My name is Andre Vildak, and today we have a very special guest over. She's a friend of mine. She's an actor, Claudia Trujillo. Hey, Claudia. Hello. Thanks for pronouncing my name in Spanish. How would English speakers say your name? I've heard Trujillo a lot. I've heard Trujillo. Okay. And, like skipping all the consonants, kind of. Mm-hmm. Actually, no one really gets it right at first. <laughs> I go like Trujillo. They're like, oh, Trujillo. And I'm like, well, Trujillo, but okay. Do you try to correct them or do you like just no. don't care at this point? No. It's the same with like Claudia or Claudia. Okay. A lot of people ask me like, is it Claudia or Claudia? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Call me Clau. I guess that's a good thing because when people, you make people like question what's the name. So that's going to make them remember the name more. I mean, if they learned... Arnold Schwarzenegger, they can learn mine. Yeah, that's, that's true. what I always say. <laughs> so how was your journey here today? Nice. I got an Uber. Oh, really? And I didn't pay for it. Actually, oh, really? you did. So. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah, that was me. Very good to have you here on the show. So Thank can you, you tell the audience a bit uh, who are you and where you come from? Um, I'm an actress or actor, as you said. I come from Barcelona, Spain, and this is where we are actually right now. And... Like my entire journey, like do you want me to speak yeah, about? T- yeah, tell me. Like I, I have done this with all of my guests so far. Take me back to your childhood and tell me, like, where were you born? Was it like a small? Was it here in Barcelona? Was it a small town, village? Like, how did it all start? It was. It was here in Barcelona. I lived here kind of my entire life. I did go to. Well, my parents moved to a town near Tarragona and we did uh, live there for a while, but I was still going to school here in Barcelona and everything, Okay. getting the car for an hour every morning. And then I did live in Sieges, that's where I met you, actually, yeah. for four years, and now I'm back in Barcelona. Dive right into the acting part as well. Can you tell me where, when did it all start? Like, do you remember your first acting role or how did, it, how did that um, fire start? Of course I remember it was the best time of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I always wanted to be an actress, but at first I wasn't really doing anything about it. As in, I knew there, were like, there was like something in me and I wanted to try it out, but I was also like very, very shy when I was little. Mm-hmm. So it was like hard because I was like, oh, I'm getting stage fright. But at the same time, whenever I'm on stage, I'm actually enjoying it a lot. So it actually came from from my parents where they they were the ones that put me into acting classes when I was 12 years old because I had like an injury in my leg. Like I used to be a very sports person when I was younger. Okay. I played football and basketball yeah. and I loved sports. Mm. Actually, before wanting to be an actress, I wanted to be a football player, but... Me too, because it was just, it's, it's just so fun. And we like, as kids, we like fun things. So I guess that's, you know, how we moved to acting because that's also fun. It's funny how a lot of kids also say they want to be actors when they're small and then they... They like grow out of it. That's true. Like I grew out of football and I went into acting, which is also something that is judged. But did your as parents... something you need to grow out of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we were we were speaking with like Carl and Rita in the previous yeah. episodes as well. But your parents put you into acting classes. Was it because you wanted it, or was it because they just thought that okay, like do acting? Well, I sort of asked for it, but because I couldn't do sports anymore for a while, um, so I needed something to do you know after school like I I was like quite an active person and also I did want to overcome my my shyness because it was quite bad when I was little mm-hmm. like I couldn't even go to the supermarket and talk to the cashier you know I yeah. always like had someone talk for me and I had like problems with um, making new friends and 
I was not very social. That's funny. That was the same with me. I remember in school, I, I couldn't talk to my teachers. Like, I was so shy. I would never raise my hand. Never. I was I was not that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went to acting classes and it, it helped? Like, when did you feel like you started to open up? It helped a lot. Actually, I feel like the reason why I was shy is because I was not comfortable in my own body. Mm -hmm. And I was not comfortable with Claudia as a person, in a way. So acting made me live sort of like different lives so i realized that everything that i was not able to do as claudia mm -hmm. or say as claudia if i was justifying it by like oh it's not claudia saying this it's a character okay i was like totally fine with it and just having yeah. fun with it and little by little that was implemented in my own life mm -hmm. and i was like okay so i'm not shy anymore what happened a lot of actors say that they're they're shy in real life but once they put in that those like character clothes they become like anybody. It's like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp yeah. is like very shy, True. like in real life, like interviews and stuff. I don't consider myself shy anymore. Yeah. Like I felt like acting really helped with that. Mm -hmm. And it also really helped at feeling secure in okay. my own body. Do you remember your first part in that acting class or like what was the first project? Or um, I remember one specifically because it was, it was Annie, the musical. Mm -hmm. And I had to sing, and I'm not a singer whatsoever. And yeah, it was like I was playing Annie. So I was like very happy because I got the lead. But then I was like, but why do we have to do a musical? I don't sing. <laughs> so again, I was like justifying myself, being like, oh, but it's Annie singing. It's not Claudia. It's fine. Yeah, okay. No one's going to laugh at Claudia. <laughs> so when did you make the conscious decision that, okay, I want to do acting as a career and I'll just commit? I made it back then. I just had to convince everyone around me. Okay. But like I made it back then. Like I I was like, yeah, I want to be an actress. And everyone was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought I was going to grow out of it, I think. I knew I was not. Mm -hmm. And I just had to convince everyone that I could do it, I guess. Did you have like a, like a realistic plan as well? Did you know the steps you would have to take or like how to find work or stuff like that? Or was it just like, I want to do acting and I don't know, I'm going to do it? Well... I knew the st steps, like I found out the steps, but um, a lot of stuff didn't depend on me exactly. Mm -hmm. I remember, for example, when I was small, I was like 12, 13, and I would write emails um, for short films, like to get casted in short films, okay. but pretending I was my mom, you know, because like I was a minor, so yeah. I'm not exactly allowed to contact directors and stuff so I was pretending I was my mom contacting them and it's really funny because like you look at those emails and it's clearly a child you know <laughs> like the amount of grammar and spelling mistakes I make or everything so you were your own agent as a kid yeah I was selling yourself pretending yeah, we... to be my mom being my agent and yeah. submitting myself for things yeah we have this great talented kid like you really need to audition her I was more like hey, my my child really fits the description you're looking for and she's done this, this, this and that. And, well, I don't know, selling myself from a different point of view, I think. Did you then uh, later get any training as well or how did you start approaching that? Yeah, like Stuff I started like training, as you say, when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think it was that different to the training we got when we were like 18 or 20. Like, okay. I, I, I'm really happy with what was going on when I was like 12, 13, 14. Mm -hmm. And the stuff we learned is quite similar. Also, I was lucky enough to find um, a group, like an acting group, that they all wanted to be actors. Like, because when you're small, a lot of people just do acting like as an outside school activity. Yeah. 
But in my class, everyone wanted to be an actor. So there was like this extra passion to it or extra seriousness in a way. Yeah, that's cool because a lot of the times you start doing something, but once it gets it gets it gets real, hmm. people are gonna you know leave and you're gonna be on your own. So that's cool that you had like people to do it with and who would motivate you and maybe like yeah exactly you to do things. How did you get your first paid job? Do you remember that? Yeah, my first paid job was when I was 18. And it was a movie called The Hunter's Prayer. Okay. Back then I thought things were quite easy because I just joined an agency. That was my first casting with that agency. And I got the role. Oh, really? And suddenly I was in England, oh, in Leeds, really? shooting with Sam Worthington. And okay. I'm like, this is it, right? Like, this <laughs> is how it works. It. Like, I've made it. <laughs> what a life. But how did you get that agent? You emailed the same way? I emailed. I knew he was looking for people and... Um, I had an audition, an in-person audition, and mm -hmm. I had to do a monologue, and then I got in. Okay. And yeah. And how much time passed from joining the agency up until you got the, that audition? I would say like two months mm -hmm. or something. Did you feel like pressure that, oh, I've been doing acting, but as a kind of, you know, unpaid stuff, and then suddenly you were in England and you were put on this place where now I need to perform like... Honestly, no, I feel like, okay, finally, because okay. I had been doing a lot of unpaid uh, short films for a while or like little theater things, Yeah, you know, for, for years, actually. So mm -hmm. it was like, okay, finally, you know, finally, yeah. there's this sort of recognition. And, and also it was international, which made it very cool. And mm -hmm. it was in English, which was something I hadn't done yet. So mm -hmm. I don't know. So how long did you fly to England for? Three days. I shot one day. But you know, it was okay. a big deal. That's great. So besides um, having an agent giving you auditions, did you like used to also like be proactive and try to find your own stuff? And how would you find them? Would it be like Facebook groups or do you have like some websites here? Or? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of websites, but most of the things there are unpaid short films. Mm -hmm. But obviously that's how you start in order to build up a showreel and then apply to other stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was quite proactive with that. And also I've always been kind of proactive at trying to have a relationship with casting directors or something. Mm -hmm. You know, like even though I have an agent emailing every now and then. How have you like established those relationships? Like if somebody from the audience would be curious, um, would you try to set up a coffee date? No, 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 at least not in Spain. Actually, when when I went to the U.S. In Spain, uh, you have like a tapas date. No, like in, in Spain, there's no dates. <laughs> That's but I feel like in the U.S., yeah, because I went to, the, to New York for a while and every single day I was having meetings. Mm -hmm. I did not set up those. My agent from there did. Okay. But I've never felt as much as an actress as when I was there. Like I was having lunch with the casting director, then I was meeting for coffee this director from, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas in Spain, I feel like no one really says yes to a coffee or mm -hmm. or lunch, but they will take you into consideration in an email, especially if, you, as in, I, I never write without a reason. Yeah. I write if I think they're casting something that I'm right for and maybe they're not aware that I exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would never write a casting to a casting director without a reason. Yeah, like, like I'm desperate. Always... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you would you would write if you have something to show or yeah. something to say. 
But before that first paid job, you did do a lot of uh, unpaid short films, you said. Yes, a lot. And after that, too. Yeah. So that's how you should start, right? You should find your own stuff and kind of build something up. And and that because I, I, I guess, I don't know, what do you think? If you hadn't had done those, those short films, would you have gotten that role in that paid job? No, because, well... We all need headshots, showreel, and proper resume, you know? Yeah. There's no way of building a showreel when you're starting out if you don't do things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, do you say this in English where it's like a fish that bites its tail? We have that expression in Spanish. In order to get a paid job, you need a showreel. And in order to get a showreel, you need stuff that you have done. Brian Cranston has said that auditions are, you know, like, audition is your job, and whether you book it or not that's just a bonus so how do you how do you approach auditions like do you take auditions like very seriously or as in in a sense of like do you put a lot of pressure on yourself of booking them or how do you approach them like when you receive an audition what goes through your mind i think i'm quite good at letting it go once it's done mm-hmm. but i do i do overthink it a lot before it's done as in i do prepare a lot and like but I enjoy that because like it is an opportunity to act yeah. you know like for example if I get today uh, I need to do a self-tape mm-hmm. and they're giving me like five days to do it I'm gonna probably do it on the fourth day because that means that these days I can be excited because That's I have an audition and like I I I prepare a lot, you know, whereas if I do it tomorrow, I'm going to be like, okay, now it's done. Bye. I do the same exact thing. Like whenever I receive an audition with, with, a, with a due date of like a week, let's say, I'll enjoy it. Yes. I'll, you know, read it one, like, like work on it like every day. And then like, I enjoy the, the, like having that opportunity, you know, whereas actually like they say that sooner you submit the better, because sometimes like they would, they would watch the audition as, as soon as it comes in and they can have like, you know, you fall in love with the first one usually, and then the next ones you're going to compare with the first one. So that's the logic. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually... For my mental health, my way is better. You know, they always say you should make a bold choice in auditions. Hmm. Do you try to do anything to stand out at all, or you just try to, like, bring it to life and give it the best you have? Sometimes when I've had, like, the same casting as a friend, I feel like we both do very different things just by doing it. Like, I feel like everyone has, like, a very different energy. So the whole standing out thing comes from from yourself. Like, I, I feel like if we have this, well, we're not going to have the same audition, but, like, if me and this other actors have the same audition, they're going to be so different mm-hmm. just by doing it, like, without making any very, very strong choice that, it, that you're, like, overthinking, as in, is this going to work or not, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't put that pressure on myself where it's, like, make bold choices all the time or mm-hmm. standing out in that sense. But what I do try is to send very, very different takes. I always make okay. two. One that is, like, my proposition as in what what I want to do and how I think the character is and yeah that's like my choice and then I try to come up with something very different okay yeah so I'm like I feel very safe because like this is what I chose to do mm-hmm. but I'm also gonna go a bit crazy and send this other one too yeah but knowing like that. that this one is there too you know yeah and that's that also relates to what we were just talking about that when you get an opportunity you want to like squeeze the most out of yes, it. Yes, exactly. Take the most time and like if you if you're going to invite me to audition then 
like I'm gonna show you myself. I also like send many takes, like two usually, but sometimes like I've, I've even like sent like like three and you know four sometimes. If it's like smaller parts. <laughs> oh, so it's like too long. So you're allowed to send six. Yeah, 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 yeah. And true, I also like send like first one is what I would do, and the second take is what I think they want. If that makes sense. You know how we were always told that you need a white backdrop or like a plain backdrop and lighting and that's it. You yeah, know, yeah. As in you're supposed to do a shitload of factions in in a very weird space. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe you're having a, a car crash, but you're like sitting in a chair and there's like white behind you. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I once recorded it, a self-tape in the middle of the desert. Like I was camping in, in oh. Tenerife for four days. And actually the movie was called It Came From The Desert. <laughs> so I was like, they're probably gonna think I'm making a very bold choice, but I'm actually not. Like there's no way for me to like shoot it anywhere else. And yeah, I basically ran around the desert being, pretending I was followed by a giant ant and stuff. And it was really weird, but it worked. And the producers wow. told me like, you went to the actual desert for the self day. And I was like, mm-hmm. So you booked it? I booked it, yeah. Wow, that's so good. I booked it. So maybe it helped? I will never know, but they did tell me that, you know? They did yeah, yeah. say, like, you went to the actual desert. <laughs> but, you know, that's also the type of thing that I've heard, like, you should never do. Yeah. Tape, so it's like, yeah, where's, yeah. The, where's the middle ground? I don't know. About locations, I once, I had to mock someone in the street. I had to punch someone. So I filmed two takes. One I did inside with a backdrop and the other one I did on the street and I made it like look very scary. And you actually punched someone. <laughs> I punched like the camera, yeah. Okay. I penciled it, but I didn't book it. I guess it's also, I guess, casting director, some some would like it and some would be like, mm, no. But yeah, in general, I guess, yeah, they want like you to have a neutral, neutral thing mm. in setting. But sometimes it's very hard, you know, because mm -hmm. they want you to do a lot of things in a very neutral backdrop and you know sometimes you don't have a you don't have a reader and I, like I, I barely use a reader really I don't want to like bother like a reader like all the time so sometimes I just record the other lines and I play it really yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. tried that I always have a reader. Oh, really I mostly record and if not if I don't have a reader I'll get a reader on zoom or like something but I need oh, really to, yeah but yeah I mean you've had some success with auditions I guess some of the notable films you've done is the Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger so I want to ask you, like, walk us through, like, how was the audition process? Like, what, how did you react when you got the audition? Were you excited? How was it? And uh, how did you approach it? The funny thing about this project is that I auditioned, like, six months in advance to book in it. But I auditioned for a different role. Okay. And I did two rounds of that audition and then never heard anything. For six months? For six months, yeah. Wow. And then, like, six months later, I get a random casting of a very very secret project mm -hmm. which I didn't know what it was but I just like you know I did the scenes and everything and literally three days later I got the call that I was bo I booked Terminator and I was like but I auditioned for Ter Terminator like six months ago oh. and they were like no you know the secret casting from like three days ago that was also Terminator really and I was like oh okay so that secret casting was for the character you got yeah and the six months ago was the other character yeah Okay. And back then I knew yeah. I was auditioning for Terminator and then I did not know with the other casting. Wow. There was a bit of a confusion because I was like, where, where is this coming from now? <laughs> so how did you react? What was your reaction? Because that was like 
that's a very big studio project. So what was your reaction when you got the call? Well, I was in university with you, actually, yeah. and we were in class. Oh. And I checked my phone and I had like 12 calls from my agent. And I was like, what, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. So I called him back and he was like, um, I have bad news for you. You're going to have to speak with your teachers that you're not going to be able to go to class mm-hmm. because you put a minute. And I was like, what? And everyone was around. So, mm-hmm. well, I did start crying, not going to lie. And the thing is that um, five minutes after, we were supposed to like go back in class and yeah. do like three hours of Shakespeare or something like uh-huh. that. And my mind was not there at all. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know what the teacher is saying. I don't like I, I need to like run around for a bit. I need to like get this. <laughs> energy out of my yeah. system because like you know i was like very oh my god i need to scream yeah. i want to like speak to people i want to like call my parents i don't know yeah wow when was the shoot how how long after two days two okay. days after i was traveling to budapest already oh really yeah because apparently what what i heard once i was there is because my my scene one of my scene partners had already been there to shoot and then suddenly they decided they were not going to shoot that scene and they had to rewrite it. So they sent him back to Spain. Really? Yeah. And he waited for a month until a new scene came. Because like, oh, okay. it was a very important scene in the movie because it's the beginning. It's when the, the Terminator comes and everything. So there were mm-hmm. a lot of rewrites of that scene because they wanted to make it like quite epic, you know? Yeah. Once he was there, they realized that, no, they, they needed also a female character. So basically mm-hmm. my character did not exist. And then suddenly they just rewrote the scene with my character in too. Well, good for them. Yes, thank God. <laughs> and good for you, I guess. Like, it, there was also this joke once we were already there, like shooting. Well, before shooting, we had rehearsals and stuff. And, you know, for my scene partner, it was like, I've already been in this situation. They've sent me home. I'm never going to be in Terminator. Like, he was like all negative about yeah. it. And for me, it's like, but we booked the job. Of course, we're going to shoot. We're in Budapest. <laughs> What do you mean that I might be sent home? This cannot happen. We were there, we shot everything, and we spent two weeks in Budapest, and it was amazing. That's cool. And Terminator is such a renowned franchise, and it's like, I remember watching it as a kid, and I don't know if you did too. Me too. And the biggest thing for me about Terminator is that Terminator was the first uh, live-action movie that I saw when okay. I was little. So I was very excited for that because yeah. my when I was little, my my brother, my older brother, mm-hmm. who was like 18 years older than me, yeah. he used to sneak me in his room at night and show me movies. Mm-hmm. And it was like Terminator, Robocop, yeah. like movies that I was not supposed to watch when I was three years old, you know? <laughs> but very violent that. stuff. And that was the first movie that he made me watch. That's so cool. it's basically one of his favorite movies. So he so was, was very nice. excited for me getting that, you know? It was a nice full circle moment. Yes, then. exactly. There's a big fan base. So, you know, did you did you feel any pressure at all? I felt a lot of pressure because when I auditioned, I did the scenes in English. Mm-hmm. And once we got there, they suddenly decided, oh, we're going to do the scenes in Spanish, but Mexican Spanish. Oh. And I was there like... The fuck told you I can do a Mexican accent? Because so I can't. I've so, never tried. So they know? told you that after you oh, yeah. booked it? After I booked it. Wow. So what did you do? Did you have a dialect coach? Yeah, but like for three days or something, you know? Mm. Like it was very stressful because yeah. I was like, there's no way around it. This is going to be seen by millions of people. Mm-hmm. 
like sometimes I think Brad Pitt has maybe seen me on screen. Yeah, yeah. So I did get a bit in my head with all of that being like, you know, it's a franchise that is already very known. Yeah. And it's not like we don't know how the movie's gonna go when it comes out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's no way around it. Yeah. So there was a bit of pressure and I also felt a lot of pressure with the accent thing because of, you know, I've mm-hmm. never even been to Mexico. So I, I wasn't sure if I was like maybe insulting someone by accident, yeah. you know, as in if Mexican people were going to be like, well, why didn't they get a Mexican actress for this? Or why didn't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I can see how, like why, you know, it, it might, might be a lot of pressure for that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's good to hear. Like, and I don't think the pressure was shown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't, you're, you do acting here. Yeah. You, you know how it works. You always feel like nervous inside, but then, you know. Yeah. It comes out like nobody can see anything. True. Did anything change after like it came out in terms of, for example, what auditions you were getting or how people treated you? I don't know. Right after shooting Terminator, my agent decided he did not want to be an agent anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've like made it. Months, I'll quit now. I'll go to the Bahamas. <laughs> so I was in a pool where I'm like, okay, I need to look for an agent now. And I think Terminator was a big part of me getting a good agent, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have gotten the agent I have right now if Terminator hadn't happened. So you signed with them with this the same agency after Terminator? Two weeks before Terminator came out. Okay. Did it kickstart your career even more in a sense, you know? Did it take it to another level? Could you feel it or? A tiny bit. I've been getting a lot of mean character castings lately Mm -hmm. yeah and i can get why because if you watch my showreel for example in the terminator terminator i'm all full of tattoos and and i'm full of piercings and stuff so i feel like no one would have seen me as that before having terminator whereas now i do get a lot of auditions that imply that kind of aesthetic and stuff like Mm -hmm. that you know that's funny because you're one of the nicest people in real life and then they tatted you up and they made you made you a villain and yeah. they made you like a rebel and then like now that's who you are in the industry's eyes. Yeah, and I have played more villains, you know, after that. So it's like, yeah, okay, I guess this is the thing right now. <laughs> and after uh, Terminator, another big project you've done was Welcome to Eden, which is on Netflix and you were a serious regular and you played a villain, Brenda. Yeah. How did that audition come along and how did you approach it? I think it's one of the auditions that I'm the most proud of getting because when we were we were all casted, they told us that more than 3,000 actors had auditioned for the oh, series. Really? And it was quite an open casting in the beginning. Like every single actor from 20 years old to like 30 years old has auditioned for that series at mm-hmm. first. And it was a very open self-tape also. Um, all the girls were playing um, the same sides and all the guys were playing the same sides. Like it wasn't oh, yeah. separate by characters yet. Wow, so general. Yeah, super general, super generic. You know, yeah. we've all done the same casting at first mm-hmm. with the same two pages. And then in the second round, they would separate us into characters. Like in the second round, I was already doing Brenda, for okay. example. Okay, who cast it? Ana González. Okay, it's a big casting director in Spain. Yeah, yeah, okay. she is. And um, like, how how was that process in, in terms of like you auditioned? How long was the time till you heard anything back? And the whole process was like two months, okay. I think. 
normally whenever I get callbacks for audition, that's when I start to get a tiny, tiny bit stressed. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I really, I really want to get this now. Yeah. And I'm very good at just leaving it when it's like a self-tape and I just do a self-tape, forget about it. But yeah. if you've done like more than a casting for the same project, I do start getting like, okay, this yeah. could happen. But with this one, it didn't happen because like I was very focused on another movie that I actually got the part and then I got recasted because we well it was like COVID era mm -hmm. and I could not get there to the shooting on time oh. and quarantine for 15 days before my first shooting oh. date. So that's why they released you? Yeah, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> But you know, I was like so focused on that that I was just like doing the Eden, welcome to Eden castings on the background. But my yeah. mind was all set in that movie, you know? Okay. So that was, I guess, good, so, you know, yeah. exchange. Yeah. And I, I was also shooting a series back then. So it was like a very nice moment mm -hmm. in my acting career. Yeah. So um, do you get a lot of international stuff here in Spain? Like, how is the industry? We do. But I always say the same thing, like you don't need to be physically in a place, mm -hmm. you know, in order to audition. I go to Madrid every now and then whenever I have an an, an audition there, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I need to live there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Every single time I've been required to be in Madrid, I've been in Madrid, mm -hmm. but I don't live there. Would you pay your own transport, I guess? And Yeah, for castings, of course. And find like a couch to sleep on. And... I have friends with rooms and beds so I'm, I'm set now <laughs> that's good that's the I have a network in madrid already yeah that's the advice find as many uh friends in different places so you can just couch surf and yep stay rent free but you know acting can be a very challenging thing because yeah for the auditions you get rejected so many times i feel like auditions are like like a breakup in a sense that you go on a date you get to know the person you fall in love with the person and then they dump you They ghost you. Yeah, they don't. They, they stop don't, replying. Yeah, they don't tell you what was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with rejection? I only get those feelings when the situation that I was talking about before happens. Where, when, for example, I've auditioned three times for a project, it's like a very serious thing, you know, because it it becomes like tangible. Like I could actually get this, mm -hmm. but I don't. I'm really good at dealing with rejection in general. I think, and. I'm really good at getting very excited for every single casting, but then not getting very down when I don't get the part. Okay, that's good. I feel like the casting itself is already already something that makes me very, very excited. What I what, what I do have trouble with instead of rejection, for example, is when I don't have castings. You know, mm -hmm. when suddenly three months pass by and I didn't get a single audition. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm super powerless then. Like, I don't know what I can do, you know? Yeah, I guess that's the hardest part mm. in our lives. You know, acting can be... <laughs> <laughs> you know, acting can be a very challenging profession, but what every successful actor usually has in common is that they never gave up mm. and they never quit. So how do you manage with your mental health and stuff? For example, do you have any hobbies outside of acting? What do you do? What do you like doing? I feel like sports help me a lot. Lately, uh, I've become like a big climber, you know? Really? I, instead of going to the gym, I go to a climbing gym. And mm -hmm. I discovered climbing a year and a half ago, more or less. And that really helps me, like, feel, you know, healthy and feel good about myself. And it also takes my mind off things because there's no way of 
climbing without thinking uh, without thinking on what you need to do you know like mm -hmm. sometimes I would go to the gym and maybe I'm in the bicycle and I'm still thinking about my problems or I'm still thinking about other things that's true whereas in climbing I need to be super super focused that's true because if you yeah if you doze off yeah. you're gonna fall yeah whereas like oftentimes like that's what I do when I'm running for example I think about Things. Yes. So it was very important for me to find a sport that it really took my mind of things, you know. Mm -hmm. How often do you go? I try to go between like two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. This week I haven't been because <laughs> I've had you around in the house. <laughs> yeah, but, sorry but about yeah, that. I try to go. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I try to go like twice or three times a week. If I'm free, like if I'm super, super free, I try to go more. Because mm -hmm. also the thing is like I never put any pressure on myself of like a goal you know yeah as in it's not like going to the gym where you want like more muscle here for example or here yeah, it's yeah, just like true. i'm just enjoying it yeah and sometimes i'm staying there for two hours and sometimes i'm staying mm -hmm. there for 45 minutes yeah have you also tried mountain climbing or you just climb walls i've done it once mountain climbing actually and this is a funny story because i we went mountain climbing with the stunt team from Welcome to Eden. Okay, as just a fun experience. Or? Yeah, because we were for a month in the middle of the mountain, so mm -hmm. they were like, oh, let's go climbing. And they had all the equipment, you know, because okay. they have like a truck full of things. <laughs> and they took us climbing. And we were all very excited, you know, the entire cast going climbing. So everyone was posting Instagram stories and everything. And like three hours later, everyone around the same time was receiving calls from their agents being like, how, what are you doing? Climbing is like a risk sport. You signed in the contract that you're not allowed to do any wow. risky sports for three yeah. months. And we were all like, uh-oh. <laughs> so basically production was very angry at us, you oh, know? Wow. Was that when you first started climbing or you, you were like, oh, I, I know how to do this, I'm gonna, you know, were you excited or was that well, when you discovered that's it? That's the first time I climbed, I hadn't climbed in a gym either before. Oh, okay. But, but after that I was like, I really, really like this. I okay. want to try it out somewhere else. And I realized that you can do it indoors. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds fun. I want to try it. I want to try it out. It's uh, really fun. Do you have any other things you like to do besides acting? They're pretty basic things. I enjoy a lot of watching movies, watching mm -hmm. series, yeah, reading books, listening to music, <laughs> and spending time with friends. Like I'm a very social person, mm -hmm. and I do enjoy a lot spending time with friends. And I also enjoy hiking a lot and being in nature. Oh, yeah. What was the last hike you've done? Ooh, I went to the north of England, and I went to see seals. Really? <laughs> yeah. I started the hike in Robin Hood's Bay. Okay. And there's a place called like Ravenscar, I think. And mm. you can see seals there. So really? I did the entire hike and I saw the seals and I was very excited and I cried <laughs> and I came back. <laughs> so how long did you have to hike for that? To go, it was like three hours and a half. And then wow. to come back, it was like an hour and a half yeah, because of wow. the tides. Because like when I was going, I was like, okay, I cannot pass because there's the tide is high right now. I need to either wait until it goes down or I need to like climb and go a different way. And yeah. Also, I really enjoy doing it on my own. It's not like I don't want to do it with people, but like mm -hmm. I'm a per I'm a very social person, but I have no problem being alone. Like okay. I'm okay traveling alone. I'm okay going to the cinema alone okay, or having yeah. lunch somewhere on my own. You know, the typical things that people do 
with other people. Yeah. I'm like super fine. I don't know, going to the theater alone, you know? I could say the same, but for me, I've made it more like as a, a, a little tiny like challenge as well, in the sense of like sometimes I, I buy like tickets to the movies alone and I go alone and then after that I'll go to a restaurant and then I'll go for a drink or something mm. and I try to do it alone. Like I really enjoy it because I think, you know, in life, the person you're gonna have forever is yourself. So I guess you need to be in good terms with yourself and you need yeah. to you need to enjoy your own company because what if there's a moment when there is no one there? Hmm. I guess. So it's it's yeah. good to if you if you know how to be by yourself as well. Because I know a lot of people would freak out. They're like, oh Exactly. Know. Like whenever I speak about it with other people, they're like, but why? And I'm like, well, I don't know, don't you watch a movie alone sometimes at home? It's the yeah. same. Go to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like people are like, oh no, but I'm not going to go to this concert because I didn't find anyone to go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never understood that, you know, I'm like, I'm going. True, I went yeah. to see Coldplay on my own oh, really? ago, you know. You know, besides all the hobbies and fun stuff and besides all the auditions and acting stuff, sometimes and even most of the times actors, actors need to juggle side jobs to maintain. Sadly, yeah. yeah. You know, to sustain themselves. So what side jobs have you done in your career like to you? And what's what's been your favorite and least favorite and what are you doing now if you do anything? I've had a lot of things, but my favorite has been a casting assistant. Okay. Because you know, it was sort of related to what we do and it was really interesting to see how other actors do castings and who they end up booking, you know, and okay. why and like you, you kind of see things from the other side. Yeah. So I had a lot of fun doing that. How did you get that gig? I don't know. It was a place where I went to do a lot of castings. And one day the casting director was like, you're in university, right? Where, where are you going to do your internship? And I'm like, I don't um, know. And she's like, do you want to do it here? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, I do. It's not like you applied to be no. a casting assistant to you. Okay. No, no. I remember that when the Hunter Sprayer came out in cinemas, mm -hmm. I was working in a cinema. Okay. I was selling popcorn. I was cleaning the rooms, you know, of the cinema. Yeah. And, you know, a movie I was in was premiering in that cinema. Did somebody recognize you? After? No. Well, my the people that worked <laughs> with me, yeah. The people that worked with, worked with me, they were like, hey, there's a girl in this movie that really looks like you. Because in The Hunter Sprayer, I only have two scenes. Okay. You know? But, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's me. And they were like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah. You know, wow. And I was there with my uniform swiping the room after the people had gone to watch my movie yeah that's i guess a struggle you know every mm. like most of the actors have and that's there's fun yeah. in it there's beauty in the struggle also a lot of restaurants mm -hmm. waitering yeah babysitting and what do you think is the best in terms of like money for in exchange of your time a lot of people end up waitering because mm -hmm. the hours are quite flexible. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. always need that flexibility as actors, you know? We yeah. need to be able to, like, change something in order to do an audition or, mm -hmm. you know? Would the workplaces mm. be, like, flexible in terms of, like, as well, like, if you're like, okay, I need to take this days off, would they would they help you with that? They've never helped me with that. Mm. But now I'm in a place where they do help me with that. Whenever you've gotten, like a like, a survival job... And do you like tell them that oh I'm an actor yeah, by the way? I always I do. To... I'm very transparent really? with that because That's I don't great. I don't need that extra stress in yeah. my life, you know, right now. So I, I always tell them and I and 
it's always sort of fine, but mm -hmm. it is true that depending on what the acting job is, like if it's not something that is only going away for like three days, like mm -hmm. if I have to go away for two months, I cannot go back to the job once I'm back. Yeah. But also if I have to go away for two months, it means I have enough money to be able to sustain myself for a long time, you know? Yeah. Like the longest I've survived without a survival job, as in only from acting, yeah. has been two years and one month. That's a good place to be. I work as a, at a reception and I I think I'll work there until I get fired in a sense that I haven't been transparent with my things because they're so strict and they wouldn't let me go anywhere. So I've been calling sick whenever there is there is a gig. You know, as actors, people often say that we should create our own work as well. I'm quite angry about that expectation because like, mm -hmm. it, I feel like it requires a whole new set of skills that not everyone has, you know? Yeah. It's like the fact that I'm an actress doesn't mean I can write a script or I can direct something, you know? Yeah, yeah. As in, it's a whole new set of skills. Yeah, it's producing, writing. It's like you need to combine all of them. Then. Yeah, so it's like quite hard. I really respect the people that can do that. Yeah. Same. I do have a lot of talented friends that can do that. And mm -hmm. I just tell them to write something for me. But, <laughs> you know. But I saw recently you did, you did like some micro theater project mm -hmm. in Madrid. Can you first off tell the audience what's mi micro theater? Because I, I didn't know what it was. Micro theater is like a very cool concept. And, and also we did it as an experiment. Because I feel like if me and my friends write a series right now, mm -hmm. We don't even know how to start to sell it, you know? So yeah. the most approachable thing that we could do to try out was micro theater, mm -hmm. which is which are like a 15 minute plays for 15 people in 15 square meters. Oh, but it has to be 15. It has to be 15, oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. But you do it eight times a day, you know? Mm -hmm. As in, at the end of the day, you're acting in front of like 200 people maybe, but yeah. by turns. How does it feel doing it eight times a day? Does it does it get more like loose and flexible? Really fun to watch the play the first week and watch it on the last week, you know, because <laughs> everything changes. Because like you do it so many times, like the same 15 minutes are, are repeated, repeated, repeated so many times that you need to yeah. have fun with it somehow. Yeah, that's true. And this one in particular was a huge challenge, but a really cool challenge. Because mm -hmm. I did it with two friends from Welcome to Eden because we really wanted to work together again and and we just set this up. Yeah. And the other one of my friends is deaf. He's the he's a deaf actor mm -hmm. and he's the deaf character in Welcome to Eden. Okay. And I I never got a scene with him in the series, but mm -hmm. he's one of my best friends from the series. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to have like a, this entire play for ourselves because it was him and I and then the other um, the other actor was directing us and he wrote okay. the script. I learned a lot because, you know, it's quite a challenge to act with a deaf person and also mm -hmm. it's quite a challenge for a deaf person to act with a hearing person. He would act in sign language, obviously. Yeah, well, and he, you... he can also use his voice mm -hmm. as in he doesn't sound exactly like us, you know, but yeah. like he uses his voice. But one of the things that we encountered is that me as Claudia, I speak sign language. But mm -hmm. my character did not. And that was sort of the point of the play, you know? So yeah. we realized during rehearsals that if I'm not looking at him straightly into his face, he's and he cannot read my lips, he doesn't know what I'm saying, you know? So he didn't know 
when his line came. Okay. So we had like a lot of problems in the beginning because we were like, oh my God, how are we going to get the rhythm, you know? Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't know that I've finished talking... Did you make sure that he would see you all the time or...? No, we marked certain physical actions. Okay, so And that would, would be his cue. Okay. It would be a physical action that I did, like quite subtle. Like I would, I wouldn't go like, I'm gonna finish my line like this, but you know, like yeah. subtle things, so that he knew when he had to speak. So I guess also directing a deaf uh, play or like a deaf person would be mm-hmm. different because you know, as a, how do you say, how do you say not deaf? A hearing person. I as guess. a hearing person, as a hearing director, I think you wouldn't know how to help the deaf. Actor yeah. in that sense, like I wouldn't know that. Oh yeah, let's put a physical cue. Like who came up with that? Was that uh, the actor who suggested? I, I it? don't remember who came up with it because like everything was an experiment for the three of us. You know, yeah. we, we learned while we were doing it. You know, yeah. and we failed <laughs> multiple times until we found a way of doing things. And yeah, and you did it. Yeah, we so did it for four weeks. The other actor directed it and wrote the script. Mm. And then you guys and got me together. And Carlos, the deaf actor, we acted. So you went to Madrid for that? Yeah. How did you guys find the venue and how did you put it it's on? It's a project that has been going on for like 12 years or something. As in, mm. there's a, an actual place in Madrid called Microtheater Madrid. Okay. And there's 10 different places every every month. So you had to apply. Yeah. And we applied and we, we got in. And But you have to apply with the project. Yeah. That was like an independent thing you guys did. Yeah. So what roles did you do? Like, did you also, I don't know, create the set or... Yeah, we did everything. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. We created the set. We had to, like, build everything up. We have to paint uh-huh. everything. I learned about electricity. <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty hands-on. <laughs> And how did you find the experience? Was it something you would do again? Or? Yes, no, as in I used to do a lot of microtheater in Barcelona back then and mm-hmm. I thought it was a chapter of my life that had ended. Yeah. And the only reason what I've done it again this year has been because one, it was in Madrid and I had never done it in Madrid yeah. and two, because it was with them and I really wanted to work with them. And what did you get out of, out of that in a sense of like... Money. Did, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm not money. kidding. I did get money. But, yeah. but did, did you um, get any, I don't know, publicity or other things out of it? Well, there were some casting directors that came to see it and mm-hmm. some directors came to see it. But like mostly for us, it was just like, we really, really want to work together. Yeah. We, we're out of a job right now. And let's do something. You also did an interview in the radio? Yeah, because we did promote the play. And also it's the first time that there's a deaf actor in microtheater. And Mm. like having Carlos in the play gave a lot of publicity in a way. Yeah. And also we were really taking care of like approaching the deaf community with the hearing community. Okay. So we were working really hard to do that and educating, hearing people on deaf people in a mm-hmm. way. So it did get like a lot of reviews and stuff and a lot of things happening around it. You guys were changing the game. We tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I find it very inspirational how you guys put it together. And I, I kind of would love to start thinking about doing something as well like that. because, But of course, it's, you know, you need a, you need a team who can... Do, like at, at least one of us needs to be able to write the script exactly to produce and and not all actors can do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that's very inspirational indeed um do you have any 
general advice for aspiring actors, let's say like people who are with a similar background like you were born here in Spain somewhere and they, they're in love with acting, but they don't know where to start? First step would be like Googling what do you need to do when you want to start out yeah. in acting? Because <laughs> I, I actually get a lot of Instagram messages being like, hey, I've always wanted to be an actor. How do I get to audition for Welcome to Eden? And I'm um, like, that's the question you would not ask if you have just done a simple Google search. Get used to Googling a lot of things. Yeah. Do you need to come to Barcelona to get an agent or...? I don't think so. At least in Spain, I don't think so. I mm -hmm. think you can live where, wherever you are. But it is true that it helps that wherever you are, you have a community, yeah. you know? As in some people that are trying to do the same as you are, group of friends that are also trying to get into acting. and Because mm -hmm. I feel like it's a very lonely world. And it really helps having some people around you that are going through the same thing. Yeah. Because sometimes I find like whenever I'm meeting up with someone that's not an actor, I take a lot of time trying to explain how our world is. And sometimes I don't exactly manage to get the message through. Work. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes the people only see the, the glitter of it. Yeah. They only see like, oh my God, you were in that red carpet last week. How was that? Or, mm -hmm. oh my God, you've, you've shot a series for Netflix. You, you, you're, you made it. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate the words you made it because what is making it? Yeah. Because yes, I did this series and I survived only on acting for two years, but now that is over, for example. Mm -hmm. So what is actually making it, you know? Yeah, I've actually heard a lot of famous people saying in interviews that they like those particular ones, they feel like they've, you never make it in a sense that you're always nervous for the next yeah. audition. You're always going to be, you know, waiting for that phone to ring and stuff like that. So like some of the biggest actors have said they feel like you can never make it really. So I guess there's truth in that. Do you have any networking tips? How do you how do you find those acting friends? How do you how do you create that community? I've always taken some friends from every project that I've done. Yeah. You know? Have you met people through like acting classes? Yeah. Also. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But are there any particular like resources uh, or like casting websites you would use in Spain to like find acting projects? For example, in the UK we have like Mandy, Star Now, but in Europe they have like this like. Eudalenta or something? Italenta. Italenta. Like, do you have any particular ones in, in Spain as well? We do, but it's mostly for unpaid... Well, it's always for unpaid stuff. Yeah, but there for like actors like who are starting out. Clandestino de actores, or there's solo actores. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Spotlight, you know? Or it's yeah. not like backstage where there's like proper... There are proper articles with proper advice. Yeah. And stuff like that. So paid work in Spain comes mostly through the agents. agents. Yeah. Okay, great. I think that's a wrap. We're running out of studio time anyway, so we gotta we gotta end this podcast. But it was great having you here, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming, and we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Gracias a ti. See you guys next time. Bye.